I kind of feel, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos, so I kind of feel like I should say, be sure to subscribe, <laughs> like, click, and make sure to hit the little bell so you'll be notified when I upload a new video. Oh, I did. I'll work that in next week, much better. All right. So uh, last week we discussed several different physical tools you could use specifically uh, for study of the Bible. We talked about a couple of the different tools that you use. I talked about the Blue Letter Bible. And what I thought we'd do today is a little bit different than probably, oh, any sermon we've really done. Uh, I, I looked back a little bit, but I don't think we've really done it this way. Uh, let's have a good old-fashioned Bible study. Now, we're going to do a Bible study working off of a specific topic. Um, one of the things that I want to make sure that we talked about this week was not, uh, not just, oh, hey, here's a bunch of tools, this is great, but I wanted to show you actual practical use of some of the tools, and I also wanted you to get an idea of how usage of the tools may differ depending on what your leadership role is, right? Because we have different roles, all of us. Uh, some are, are elders, uh, some are deacons, uh, some are uh, teachers. We, we have like this long list of different ways that we're all leaders. Uh, and if we don't meet any of those specific definitions, we're definitely all leaders in our relationship with our you know, co-workers, with our friends, with our relatives, uh, that type of thing. So today... Uh, we'll do a little bit of recap, but then we'll get right into actually doing some study. Now, I did mention last week, and I, I hope that uh, you, you took it uh, seriously, that you should look up some of the tools uh, that we have. I didn't see anybody bring in a Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, um, which is fine. We have a couple copies here that you could use our library. Uh, you can ask uh, Jasmine if you don't know how that works. But uh, in... Since this is a lot easier for us to carry in our laptops or even our phones, I thought we'd use in particular the Blue Letter Bible. Uh, this is the Blue Letter Bible uh, website. Some of you on your Android or iPhone can also pull up this information um, and uh, use it right alongside. Uh, today we're going to take a look at uh, some specific roles and use the tool so that we can see where we get uh, a description of what those roles are, who is appropriate for those roles, that type of thing. Uh, everybody with me? All right. So you should, in the least, have uh, some, uh, some writing implement, pen or, or paper or, or even electronic device. And uh, you should, all, of course, uh, always have your Bible available for you. So... We'll get started doing that today. Uh, one of the reasons that it's important to, uh, to understand the roles and the functions, and the reason that we're going to talk about that when we're talking about tools, um, how many of you are ambidextrous? Use both hands equally as well. Wow. What? Um, equally. Uh, to be truly ambidextrous, you should be able to, for example, write with your left hand as well as your right hand. Um, some of us, uh, well, me for example, I can um, 
Well, I grew up in a left-handed household, so even though I'm right-handed, I learned how to do things from a left-handed perspective. Uh, so I can throw, I, I played baseball for 12 years, soccer for 13, baseball for 12 years, and I learned how to throw a baseball equally as well with both hands. I can also, you know, do the whole switch hitter thing. I can hit equally as well from both sides. Um, I can, you know, I can play tennis as if I'm a left-hander. Uh, I can do this weird uh, four-spin thing that you're not supposed to be able to do with your backhand. It's really great. But the ball just kind of like died. It's pretty awesome. Uh, so, but the majority of us, I didn't see a whole lot of raised hands either right or left, uh, are not ambidextrous, meaning that we can't use both of our hands the exact you know, same for, for specific tasks. And that's fine, that makes sense, right? Even though they're both hands, they serve different functions for us. Um, and if we want to understand those functions and what we use them for, uh, we actually have to put them through their paces and practice. I didn't just automatically know how to throw both ways. I mean, everyone I was playing with was throwing with their right hand, so I did that primarily, and I got a lot better with my right hand for a while, and then I hurt my shoulder because, you know, I threw too hard. So I started throwing with the left hand. And I don't do one of those, you know, <coughs> girly throws, that's what we call those, no offense, girls. I know you can throw a lot better than that, but that's what they were called when I was growing up. So I don't, I don't do that. I have, just like with my right hand, where it's step and throw, it's just opposite, it's step and throw, it's nice snap, gets where it needs to go, that type of thing. That comes with actual usage and with training. So today, we're going to work on our training a little bit. So as our individual role, as our part of the body, uh, we learn to use a tool that's common to most of them and um, will, will help us to get through God's word and give us some guidance in it. Um, so, there are churches, such as ourselves, that have, um, I don't know, we have elders, right? Uh, we have elders. We don't technically have the quote-unquote pastor, right? Although, you've heard us use elder or pastor kind of interchangeably. Uh, there are some churches that have uh, you know, bishops and presbyters and deacons and elders. And so you have all these different names that are used that you don't hear outside of churches, right? Um, when you, well, if I say police, you know exactly what, what, what the police are, what function uh, that they serve. Um, but if I say elder, is it the same here as it is at another church that has a board of elders? Uh, or is it a, the same as another church that has a board of deacons? Um, are any of these pastors? Well, we're going to take an opportunity to use this tool to explore what an elder is and also what a deacon is so we can kind of gain an understanding of what the Bible actually says these things are. Uh, if they're the same, if they're different, if they have different functions. So, the first thing that we can do using the Blue Letter Bible app, uh, we can go ahead 
and search the Bible for either a verse, a word, or a topic. Now, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to change the Bible to NLT, because uh, that's what we primarily use here. And I'm just going to look for the word elder. And what's going to come up for me is a couple of different places in the NLT that the word elder appears. I'm starting with elder because that's what we have here, right? We have four elders. And the first thing that you'll see pops up is a passage in 1 Timothy 3. Well, that makes sense, right? Paul is talking to Timothy, and he's instructing them, uh, instructing him how to get uh, the, the church, you know, brought up and maintained. And so it makes sense that uh, this would come up. So let's go ahead and read 1 Timothy 3. If I just uh, click on this here, it's going to pop up and give me 1 Timothy 3, 1. And we'll read down through 13. And I'm not going to read it uh, on the, the screen here. We'll use the, the good old physical Bible for this part. So first, uh, 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 13. Uh, so this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable position. So an elder must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. And for if a man cannot manage his household, how can he take care of God's church? An elder must not be a new believer because he might become proud and the devil would cause him to fall. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. In the same way, deacons may be or must be well respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith now revealed and must live with a clear conscience. Before they are appointed as deacons, let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, then let them serve as deacons. In the same way, their wives must be respected and must not be slanderous of others. They must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. A deacon must be faithful to his wife. He must manage his children and household well. And those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others and will have increased confidence in their faith in Christ Jesus. All right, so we have there a description of deacon and elder and the characteristics of each of those. Well, let's dig a little bit further in that. Using the tools here, I'm going to look at 1 Timothy 3.2. It says, so an elder must be a man whose life is above reproach, must exercise self-control, live wisely, have good reputation, and must enjoy having guests in his home. So if I just click on our tools here, it gives us a couple of different things. You'll notice that this uh, doesn't come up with an NLT, right? It comes up with a New American Standard. And instead of the word elder, it says an overseer. So what's the difference? This is NASB. So the first verse, or the, the second verse that we read here, 
uh, in the NIV and the NASB, New American Standard, uses the word overseer. And in the King, King James Version, it uses the word bishop. So we've got, in this same verse, we've got, depending on which translation, we've got elder, we've got overseer, and we've got bishop. Well, which is it? Which one's right? It's the same root Greek word. It says right there, our root transliteration is episkopos. And that's uh, right here, number 1985. You notice it says Strong's. That's the same reference that I held up that big book, the Strong's Exhaustive, or the, the Strong's Strongest is the one that I held up. That was brand new as a birthday gift, not one from a thrift store. I was corrected. All right, now that that's clear. Uh, Strong's G, 1985. It gives us, oh, I see, I even pronounced it wrong because it gives us the pronunciation. Episcopos. It gives us a bunch of information, including like the inflections, how we should be reading the Greek writing. And it gives an outline of biblical usage. It says that this is an overseer, a man charged with the duty of seeing things done by others, done rightly, any curator, guardian, or superintendent, uh, the superintendent, elder, or overseer of a church. Well, that helps to clarify things a little bit more. And if we look down, we see the lexicon. We also see a concordance result which gives us other places in other passages that talk about an elder and gives us more cooperation that we have a correct understanding of what this is. So since we're working to get our definition straight, it looks like it may be a good idea to go to Acts 20, verse 28. Now, to be clear, obviously, we don't want to just read Acts 20, 28. We don't want to run the risk of isolating or eisegeting that verse. We want to get some context. So what I'm going to do, since I happen to know I may have read this passage a couple of times, I'm going to actually start in 17 because this is going to give me context as to who Paul is speaking to. So if we look at Acts 20, starting in verse 17... It says, but when we landed in Miletus, he sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus, asking them to come and meet him. When they arrived, he declared, you know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I've done the Lord's work humbly with many tears. I've endured the trials that came to me from the plots of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have one message for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and having faith in our Lord Jesus. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, and I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life, worth is, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work God assigned me uh, by the Lord Jesus the work telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of you whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. 
I declare today that I've been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. For I did not shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So guard yourselves, God's people, feed the shepherd's flock, his church purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. Here's the word elders describing the word elders as people that will guard themselves and God's people, feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his blood, over which the Holy Spirit had appointed them. So this is the same word that's used in 2 Timothy 3. This is that same episkopos. But we had a word up here in 2017... It said, a message to the elders of the church. Is that the same word too? It says the elders. And it says, presbyto. Pres, oh man, I can't even say it now. Presbyteros. Presbyteros. Well, that's a different word altogether, but it's translated as elder. So is it possible that the elder who is the shepherd of the church is the same as the presbyteros? So elders, presbyters, they could have the same function. And according to this, since he's speaking to those presbyters who he tells to be elders episcopos, both of them are supposed to operate as shepherds for the church. So an elder is a shepherd for the church. That's good. Now we're getting somewhere, right? Their key responsibility, we see, is... Uh, to be overseers or shepherds of the church. They've been given the authority and the responsibility to lead, so that is the role of an elder. This is helpful for us. Is everybody still with me? Are we doing good? We have a little bit better information as to what an elder is, but we're not done, obviously. Um, what exactly do they do? What are their key responsibilities? If you remember, uh, 1 Timothy 3 gave a description of uh, what they were supposed to be like, right? Who was supposed to be called forward? But it didn't really say, hey, this is what you should do. So where can we find out more information on that? Well, using the same tools, and if we go back to the route that we were working on, which was uh, 1 Timothy 3, see all that I just read is there and where did the one reference that I wanted I wanted go now isn't that the way that it always is all right so am I still okay elders um, are also talked about in Titus 
So Titus uh, chapter 1. And uh, it starts out, this is a letter from Paul, a slave of God, the apostle of Jesus Christ, been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that uh, shows them how to live godly lives. This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world. And now, at just the right time, he revealed his message, which we announced to everyone. It is by the command of God our Savior that I have been entrusted for this work. I am writing to Titus, my true son in faith that we share. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior give you grace and peace. I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete your work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife. His children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild and rebellious. An elder is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent, or dishonest with money. This kind of mirrors Timothy, right? With the addition of it says that an elder is a manager of God's household. And if we look, we see there's our word again, episkopos. Did I say it right that time? I don't know. One of the things I'm working on is my Greek pronunciation, so bear with me. So, so we see again, overseer, 1985 is the, the word that we're looking for. So we're supposed to oversee the church. Uh, according to the scripture, we're supposed to be uh, teaching and preaching. So in other words, we have to know what we would believe, we have to be able to pass it on to others, and then if we look back at Timothy as well, we also are given the, the duties. Uh, we brought this up uh, last week at the uh, business meeting. This verse came up when we were talking about the changes to the Constitution, and it's First Timothy Five and specifically First Timothy five seventeen, it says, "Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching." So there's that idea that we're supposed to be preaching and teaching, and that's what an elder is. Now, teaching and preaching, that's traditionally what we understand to be the role of a pastor, right? So then it kind of makes me wonder, if we're talking about elders, which are the same as overseers, which is the same as presbyters, we have all these names for, how, where's the word pastor? So where does pastor come into this? Uh, where in the Bible do we talk, well... I gotta be I gotta be honest with you, the word pastor doesn't appear very many times. So let's see if it appears in the NLT what it gives me here. 
Oh, it says for NLT, the, the word pastor is not there. Well, I do happen to know that there is talk of it in Ephesians 4, because I've done research and I've read the Bible before. And I know that in 4.11, it says specifically, talking about the gifts that were given to the church, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. So what is that word pastors, if it's not the same as elders, if it's not there, let's see. Oh, it's this other word, it's poimene. Number 4166. Oh, poimane. Man, I'm doing really bad. This is why you bear with me, right? Uh, and it says that the definition of the word pastor in the original Greek is a herdsman, a shepherd. Um, it says uh, that it's also, you know, the president, officer, managing director of any assembly. So uh, Christ. Uh, head of the church, of the overseers of Christian assemblies, of uh, kings and princes. So this word is literally a shepherd. And in fact, when you look at the other places that it is used, we see in Matthew 9.36, it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Uh, so the word in every other place except for this section in Ephesians 4 in the NLT, the word is translated as shepherd as opposed to pastor. Shepherd we understand because we just talked about elders, overseers being shepherds. So shepherds being elders and overseers, pastors. So, let me just make a caveat that this is not a full and complete study of every single aspect of it, but I think it is safe to say that just based on what we've gone through today, at this point in time, we can say that elders are also pastors. And their main duty is to teach and to be shepherds. Does that make sense? Is there a disagreement? Now, there's more to it than that. This is where I give you that caveat. What we're doing here, and in fact what we do every single sermon, is not full and complete. Yes, even Josh's sermons. Believe it or not, he's holding back a lot, guys. So, what we do here is not full and complete because it can never replace full and complete study on your own or in the presence of others, such as, say, a Bible study. Shameless plug, Heart Scribe meets generally every other Thursday or Tuesday and uh, every Friday, except for this week, just on Friday. So, don't let this ever be the sole time that you get into the Bible, and don't let this ever be the only time that you research for these tools. It goes deeper than this, and I would encourage you to use these tools to continue to go deeper than this. But I could spend hours just on elder.
So this is the exact same word by definition, pastor, being shepherd, based on the Acts 20, 28 verse that we read, keep watch over yourself and the flock which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers or elders, be shepherds of the church which he brought, bought with his own blood. So according to what we have read, an elder is an overseer, is a shepherd, is a pastor. They are one and the same. They're just four different titles for the same job. Any questions on elder? Let's move forward to deacon, right? Because sometimes you have churches with board of elders. Sometimes you have uh, churches with uh, board of deacons. Now, we started, of course, in uh, Timothy, so we should go back to Timothy. And we can look to see what a deacon is. Uh, does anybody know uh, what the word deacon is? Besides an elder. Do you know, Sophia? No? Okay, we'll discuss it a little bit. So, the word deacon. As we went down, as we read through the verses in 1 Timothy chapter 3, we talked about deacons in verse 8. In verse 8, if we look at our tools, it says that deacons is the word... Diakonos. You've probably heard that word sometimes before, right? And it says that the definition of this is one who executes the commands of another, especially of a master, um, a servant, an attendant, or a minister, a servant of the king, a deacon, one who by virtue of the office assigned to him by the church cares for the poor and is charged with the distribution of money collected for the use or a waiter, one who serves food and drink. John, can I get a glass of water? No, it's a joke. One who serves food and drink. I'm not good. I have coffee. Keep me awake. <laughs> so, what is a deacon? The first thing we see is a servant. Now, isn't it kind of odd that the listing of this position with the church would start with servant. Or is it odd? Well, some people might find that odd, though that means they're probably not attending church on a regular basis, and they don't have a good understanding of things. So, this is an official position. Servant. So deacons are servant. Where do we see them come into play? Well, a good place to look would be Acts chapter 6. We see other places where you see the word deacons uh, in Matthew and Mark and John, in Romans, 
First uh, and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I'm just going through the whole book of the Bible here. So it's used in numerous places, but I want to know why the position of deacon was created in the first place. And I know that this is in Acts because I know that Acts is the history uh, section of the, the New Testament, right? It gives us the history of the, the church. And how did I know this? Because I have read the Bible, I have indexed different portions as to what it is that those different portions are going to deal with. And I know that the book of Acts is going to help me to understand the history a little bit. Um, and I just happen to know that Acts chapter 6 is, uh, is actually going to give me the, the information. And I'll admit that's maybe a little bit of a cheat, but, you know, read your Bible. So what does it say here in 6 verses uh, 1 through 4? It says, but as believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called a meeting of all believers, and they said, we, the apostles, should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so brothers, select seven men who are well-respected or full of spirit and wisdom, and we will give them this responsibility. Then the apostles, uh, then apostles, we can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. And then it goes on to talk about who they selected for that. So the apostles, who were in effect the first elders, realized that they didn't have enough time to meet all the needs of the people and still carry out their primary responsibility, which would be being in prayer and teaching. Right? So they selected some men to be deacons, servants who would take care of the widows, uh, food distribution, uh, the, the money. And so while we are all servants... There is a specific uh, group of people. There are individuals that are of good reputation that are called to be specifically servants of the body in a, an officially recognized capacity, and that would be the deacons. So Paul gives them a job description. And in uh, Timothy back where we were, 3.8. That's not Timothy. Here we go. Paul gives us uh, what that uh, description is. It says, In the same way, the deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of faith. And that is now revealed and must live with a clear conscience. Before they, as a, they are appointed as deacons, let them be closely examined, and if they pass the test, let them serve as deacons. In the same way, their wives must be respected and must not slander others, and they must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. Deacon must be faithful to his wife, must manage his children and household well, and those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others and have increased confidence in their faith in Jesus Christ. So if you do a comparison with elder and deacon in this passage, you'll notice that the deacons have many of the same requirements as elders, especially as far as how they live their lives and their reputations. 
but absent from the deacon's list of qualification is the ability to teach. And again, it's because it's not officially their job. That doesn't mean that they can't teach. But their job is to help make sure that the needs of the people is met, are met, and it's the elder's job to teach and to lead people. That make sense? We're just getting started. There's so much more we can go through, right? So, this gives us basically a quick idea and an understanding of two things. Number one, the idea of what the role of an elder is and what the role of a deacon is. In addition to that, we had an opportunity to go through and utilize some of the tools from the Blue Letter Bible. This is not our exclusive tool that we use, but hopefully it helped you to get an idea of how it works a little bit. So I'm uh, encouraging you again that you should be looking further into personal study and in group studies like Bible study, once again, Harpscribe is great. Uh, your studies should help to make sure that you know how to properly use this tool. These things cannot replace the Word of God. They can help you to better utilize the hand of God, Th the Word of God. Think about it this way. If you were to actually get into swordplay, right, because... The Word of God is our sword, if we talked about our armor. Uh, if you were to actually get into that, would you just go in and start? Or you, if you play video games, they have that set move. It's like cross, cross, thrust, and then hammer blow over the top. That doesn't work in real life. Um, sorry, it's just not how it works. There are people that trained for years on proper swordplay. There's, uh, in fact, there's people uh, next week. Um, what's what's that group? My brain just went. What's that? The Society of. No. <laughs> oh goodness! They throw on like Renaissance fairs and uh, creative anachronism, something along that line. I'm going to, I'm going to, if, if anybody, if anybody from work, I apologize, because there are several people that are a part of that community, and they literally are having this, uh, this festival where they'll go out and they'll dress in the appropriate garb, and then they'll go and they'll watch people actually fight swords, and they'll eat turkey legs, and it's kind of like a Comic-Con, but it's not. For, right, it's a renaissance fair. The Society of Creative Anachronism. No. Yes, maybe. Oh, I didn't say that. But anyways, I got to work with these people, Josh. Come on. Anyways, so uh, that takes actual training and usage. So think of it as, um, think of these tools as much better than IKEA assembly instructions. But you have to have a proper understanding of how they work. So your studies help you to understand your tool, Bible, which is your tool for both your spiritual and physical being, uh, better. 
And I would also say that as we go through and we studied a little bit, just a thin slice of what an elder is and what a deacon is, um, maybe one of you want to be an elder or a deacon. You don't have to shake your head. I'm not calling people out. But maybe you want to be an elder or a deacon. So if you are called to do that, if you aspire to do that, then maybe you should talk to an elder. Let's just say you should talk to an elder about it. Uh, we do have, just for the record, Elder Academy starting in 2020. So that's coming up. That's exciting. So if you see yourself in one of those roles, please speak to an elder so that uh, we can get the ball rolling on that. And if you don't see yourself in one of those roles listed, remember, we are all leaders in the relationships that we're in. So it is still our responsibility to understand the Word of God. We just have very different and distinct roles. This, uh, this leader, being a leader in relationship, uh, because we've been given a task, right? Do we remember what our task is? What? What's that, John? Yes, we are supposed to go forth and make disciples of all men. That's a task not given to the elders or pastors or deacons. It's given to everybody. So that means that we're going to have a great understanding and relationship with the word. It's not a task that should be taken lightly. You don't want to go in unprepared. You don't want to go uh, into those conversations um, even without an understanding of what the Bible actually says. Uh, we've talked about now preparing yourself spiritually and physically and making sure that you have what you need, and I hope that today's exercise was a little bit helpful. Uh, again, very small. It could go much, much bigger, and it should, and I would encourage you to do that. If you need help getting much bigger in that regard, come see me or any of the elders. So, what are we going to discuss today? Well, we discussed a little bit about elders and deacons and what our roles are and the tools we used. So these questions are really easy, right? First question that we should discuss real quickly in our cell group. Uh, do you regularly study the Bible using additional tools? It's a simple question, right? Do you study the Bible regularly using additional tools? And I want you to be honest with this second question. What do you consider your leadership role to be? You all have one. What do you consider it to be? And then the third question is, what are you going to do to prepare yourself for that role? It's almost like it's a two-in-one question, right? So do you regularly study the Bible using additional tools? What do you consider your leadership role? And what do you do to prepare yourself for that role? Let's go to cell groups and discuss and meet back here in 20 minutes.